No, nothing. I don't. I, I didn't have a. Re- I didn't have a reaction. It's not so much that I. I. I don't have a negative reaction. I just didn't have a reaction. I don't know. I also was asleep on the couch like forty-five minutes ago. So who knows? Nice getting a little cat nap in. <sighs> yeah, man. I. I. I don't even know why. Like I just was like super tired. I was like, I'm gonna have to lay her down. Had to save up some energy to get some good takes off. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this episode will not be devoid of takes. I feel like there will be plenty of takes. Um, the trick is going to be keeping them, keeping them all sort of within the lines. CapsCorner.com podcast. CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, actually, November the 28th. Cavaliers play basketball tomorrow night against Texas A&M, so it made more sense to record a little early. Um, unfortunately, we're not, we're not going to talk a link of basketball on this here podcast. Um, Ferber and I sort of devised a plan uh, the other day. Um, I think it was just for I don't think Dave was actually involved in this. That essentially, you know, with the basketball games, the way they've gone with Texas A&M and the Syracuse on Saturday, it made a lot of sense to sort of give this um, this this sort of postmortems, if you will, um, to the Tech loss and the season that was. Talk about that, and we'll get into basketball um, next week once we've got a little bit more um, a little more film, so to speak, on where the Wahoos are coming out of their um, early season tournament or whatever. Anyway, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, board moderator du jour himself. David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend? Well, it's going all right. You know, 72 hours, not enough to get over the anger. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. And in Charlottesville, editor-in-chief Justin Ferber is also on this year program. How's it going, my dude? I think you know how it's going, Brad. <laughs> Thanks for asking at <laughs> Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Cavs Corner also under Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional Woody Banter. Um, all right, listen. There's no way to uh, sugarcoat um, a podcast like this. This is this is, like Dave said. This is 72 hours, but it's 55 17. Um, there's so much about this game that even still just like angers me on like a like a like a like a molecular level that I, I don't, I, we don't have any plan for this. Like the, essentially whatever you hear forever, however long this goes, I, I told them beforehand, I don't think we should try to rant and rave forever, but I do think that we just need to get some of the rant and raving out. If you are somebody, this is your, this is your disclaimer. Okay. If you are somebody who listens to this podcast a lot, but you really don't think that like us being just really angry about the way the thing went the other day. And you think that's not your jam. Totally. Okay. With me. Not going to blame you at all if you just delete this. I I think you should listen to it because I think it's hopefully going to be cathartic for, for the listener as much as it's going to be um, therapeutic for us. But there is no way around the reality that this was 
absolutely embarrassing on like a whole host of levels. And I'm going to start with something really stupid because this is the thing. This is the kind of thing that really sticks in my craw. Okay. Not only did they kick a field goal down like a bajillion points. Okay. They had the opportunity to not do that. The targeting call didn't go their way. They come back. They still kick the field goal. And then they kick it. Kid makes it, which good on him. And not only did they do the lights, but then they shot off the fireworks. They did the fourth quarter, four fingers in the air video thing where they talk about how, you know, you got to work to win and all this stuff. And I'm like, bro, you are down like a whole lot of points to not many points. Like, Also, do you remember what happened after the field goal? Oh, then the dude took it all the way back to the house, right? <laughs> they ended up losing points on the on the exchange. The whole thing, like, okay, I understand the idea, like, psychologically, that just get on the board. I get that. I get that. I get that. And I'm not even going to come to this podcast and quibble with the fourth down call when the game was still a game because I actually thought, like, I hey, you know, I get it. Like, you're, you know, you're on your, you're in your territory. If you were on the other side of the fifty, I get it. But let you know, whatever. The decision Tech made on that fourth and two, like they already were up three to nothing. They were on UVA side of the field. Like I get, I, I those two things don't that 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 they didn't like lose the game because blah, blah blah blah. But it does sort of speak to the bigger picture. Um, I think the thing that frustrates me the most, Dave, take away all the other, <laughs> the 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 laundry list of of uh, of things to be frustrated by. I, I think it's that like Tech's not good. Like, that's not a good football team, right? They're not 50 points or 40-some points better than UVA is, right? They're just not. That's not That program is not that. And yet, it was the most predictable sort of series of events ever, right? You know, Virginia comes in, I think, expecting to win. Um, you know, I think, I think it's pretty clear, like, from the way that the team sort of handled themselves once they got punched in the mouth that they just thought they were going to come in and they were going to win. Like, Hey, you know, we're going to go do the thing. And they just didn't do the thing. Um, drones goes crazy. Um, I mean, crazy for him. He's 10 of 22 for two forty four and three touchdowns. I never would have imagined he was going to throw. I didn't think he was going to throw 22 times, let alone throw for almost 250 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I thought their offense was, I mean, like, I did not expect Virginia's defense to be, you know, lights out or anything, but I didn't expect them to be as porous as they were. For this thing to get out of hand as fast as it got out of hand, it's just, it really sticks him. It really sticks, um, I was going to say sticks in my crawl, but that's actually not what I mean. It really sticks in my mind in terms of like low points for on the field product. And I've, I mean, we've seen some really bad football, right? And we understand, I think. That, like this team had some real issues, you know, they had some, some real limitations, but from an, the effort piece of this, the fight piece of this, like they had, his, they had all season long been a group that got off the mat, figured out a way to, to, to come back. And this was just poor on every front. Um, I don't, I'm not sure where you want to begin your own series of grievances, but air them feel free. Uh, well, start I me. Mean, we've been doing this podcast since 2012. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. We have talked about a national championship in basketball, two ACC tournaments in basketball, um, an 18, you know, a 16 DC beating our number one team, all sorts of things. We've only talked about one victory over Virginia Tech in, you know, 11, 11 losses, one victory and one 
game canceled for a terrible tragedy. And it's laughable. I mean, Duke in the same time frame has beaten Virginia Tech four times, three times in Blacksburg. It makes no sense. Um, like, I got there earlier tailgate. It's just like the every year. I mean, like, I'm not going to blame fans. I understand it's been a long, a long stretch of Tech dominance in this game. But it gets so old showing up at Scott Stadium for this game and seeing as much maroon as you do blue and orange. It's frustrating. Like, you know, <laughs> empty parking spots. People who you know have passes who aren't showing up. Thanks for not selling them. But, geez, it's just like even before that game started, it was the least confident. I think Ferber will agree. It's the least confident I've seen the Hokie fan base before the game, except when you got in the stadium. That game felt over the second they kicked off. You could see it in the players' eyes. You could see it in the energy on the sidelines. And it's just the same crap we see every year. Um, and I don't know the answer. But I know that's not a great team across the way, and the, Virginia finds a way to make them look good regardless of where you know when they're playing them. Um, I mean, it looked like to me, I think I told Ferber like halfway through the first quarter, I mean, it looked like Virginia watched the film for like Purdue and, you know, the bad games tech play. And they were like, oh, this team's not very good. Like they didn't see they improved. Um, and honestly, like, yeah, yeah, I think you can debate that fourth and one decision on the what second possession of the game or whatever it was. But it's fourth and a short one. It's not even a long one. You got Broster House. Um, so you don't go for it. You shank it. Tech scores on fourth and two, their next possession. And that that was it. That was ball game. I mean, essentially three nothing was ball game. But it's just beyond frustrating. And just, like, I don't I don't know what the answer is, but I know. And I, honestly, I don't think it was a defensive game plan. I thought it before I rewatched it today, which is kind of re- reignited my anger. I like the defensive game plan early in the game. They they put six seven guys in the box and dared Tech to throw it. They just did, and then they adjusted, and Virginia just got punched in the mouth over and over sort of boiled down to so like it's a big game I I don't know (laughs) I don't know how frustrated you can be as a fan base watching it over and over how many times it can happen and you just not understand it but me I left early I don't leave early very often last time I left early was the pit game last year that was for other reasons but I mean Virginia didn't show up to play and this was not a very good tech team. I I, I don't know at what level you, yeah. you've got to get it right. I mean, look, I understand Elliot came from Clemson and things are different there. And, I'm, and look, Bronco had the same thing happen in his first game. And Bronco, I thought, might have a better understanding of this, having coached in a very heated rivalry, you know, while at BYU. But he got smacked in the face too. Yeah. But Well, and I think part of it too for me, honestly, is that like – so I, I told you guys, you know, before the game, you know, one of the things about and, T- and Ferber will vouch for me on this too. Like in the older days, right? Tech would come to Scott Stadium, and even pregame, those dudes were just incredibly hype. And I don't mean like just dancing around hype. I'm talking about like they looked like they might actually like rip your head off, right? Like do I mean I'm not I don't mean just the players. I'm talking about everybody in Tech gear looked like they this was the thing they had waited the moment they had waited for their like entire life. I've never, I've never, I've not, I've yet to see a team come into any venue, anytime, anywhere, every, at any level in any sport, the way tech would come to Scott stadium. And those dudes are just like, they're like, they're, they're like climbing the walls, right? They look like they, they're just so amped, so 
excited to play the game, right? UVA would be on the other side trying its best to sort of like go about their business as usual nonsense, right? Meanwhile, Tech is over here. And I mean, like they, they literally look like they've waited their entire existence to be on this field at this time to beat the crap out of you. Like that's, that was the mindset. That wasn't what I saw Saturday. Like I just, they did not look like the Tech team. So it sort of uh, jives a little bit that, you know, Tech fans seem nervous, right? But what, what I find really interesting though is that like I still feel like even with knowing sort of where tech seemed to be beforehand, there was a confidence about sort of the way that they were going to execute their game plan. And I think once it started going right for them, it really worked. And I don't mean that in the sense of like um, that, that, that they sort of had like a, they, they sort of knew all along. No, no. I mean like it, it, it's almost like their confidence beget more confidence, right? They really settled in once they started having that success. And UVA, for the first time all year, just looked completely dazed and confused. Um, but I think it's the lack of emotion that really stands out to me. Like, Tech has, has historically handled this game so differently than UVA has. And we've talked a lot over the years on this show about the way that Virginia has just tried to figure out how to handle this. Now, to your point, like, Bronco had been a part of a rivalry, but Bronco's not an emotional coach. Like he's not an emotional guy. And I said to you guys after the game, I would have really kind of liked Tony to come into post game and be angry, right? To be, um, to, 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 to take the embarrassment that he clearly felt, um, and harness that into, you know, never, you know, we're not going to let this continue. Like we're not, um, I don't think you need like a stupid clock. You don't need gimmicks, right? You don't need, um, beat tech on three, Right. What you need is a consistent effort that you know at the end of the year is still going to be there. Um, and I think that mindset for for me is something that, you know, we can get into like what comes first, them fixing the program or them beating tech, um, them, you know, the fans coming to games or them winning games. But like the bottom line for me is that like this is, I, I believe that this is college, ba- college football, college basketball, college sports in general. It's an emotional endeavor, Right. The best teams are the ones who have the players who are prepared for the moment and who do the best job of harnessing um, the energy in the stadiums, the energy amongst themselves, generating it when it's not there, being able to sort of master it no matter what. And I feel like one of the things that really, I think, sets this program back and has continually set this program back is like there's there's the passion, right? There are a handful, there are these fans who will come to the games. They'll be loud. It doesn't matter how many people are there. They're, you know, they're the ones who want to be there most, and they you can feel it from them. The rest of the fan dresses aluminum seats, though, are not there, right? There's a passion deficit in the fan base. There's a passion deficit in the program. You can't have it as like, well, we're just going to come out and handle the game. You can't have coaches at microphones after the game giving you coach speaking gobbledygook, right? Like you, somebody needs to care. They need to care the way that not just like some of folks care about this, but in like clearly the other side, like they very much care. And it has continually um, disappointed me, the level to which Virginia just doesn't seem to care about this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I think you nailed it. I think, um, you know, I think pride is sort of the word that I would use to describe what I saw on Saturday um, from both sides. Tech had pride in what they were doing. They take pride in winning this game. They expect to win it. They know the importance of it. They they don't. It's not something that they take for granted. Um, it's not also their everything. Like I mean, they go through their season like everybody else does. But when this game comes, they don't need, you know, 
they don't need to fake it. You know, they know what they're playing for. UVA, I think, came into this game with a little too much pride in a different way where they thought that they were just going to win it. Like they were, you know, you talk in the past about, I think this is definitely true during the streak. UVA was like, man, we got to find a way to win this. It was like they had the yips and they were like, I hope that we win this, but not like, you know, confident. And then when things start to go wrong, you mentioned confidence sort of begets more confidence for tech. The opposite would happen for UVA, right? And I think what you saw on Saturday wasn't that. It was overconfidence. They they UVA walked into there on Saturday like they were going to just handle business like it was any other game and clearly did not understand the challenge that was ahead of them. And I'm not just talking about from like an emotional standpoint. I mean from a football standpoint. Tech has athletes. Tech has good players on both sides of the ball. I talked about it in the in the show last week. If you don't handle explosive plays, they're going to beat you. And how many explosive plays did they have? I don't have it in front of me, but I guarantee you it was a lot. <laughs> like they had, you know, I know they had a reverse that went 33 yards for a touchdown, multiple big play passing. T- I mean, Kyron Jones completed 10 passes for 22 and a half yards of pass. Um, you know, like that tells you right there. But, you know, they they just weren't up for it. I mean, and from the from the top down, I mean, it was just a complete no-show. Um, I don't think Tony Elliott did a very good job getting the team ready to play. I don't know what he did, but whatever he did, it was terrible. Um, yeah. you know, they, they didn't, they didn't come out and play with emotion. They didn't come out and play well. When things started to go wrong, they folded. Um, they folded. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think like, you know, you, the passion piece is, is big. And I think one of the things that kind of stuck with me is that tech scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter with their backups against UVA starting defense. Um, now that might not mean much in the grand scheme of things, but to me, it's like, where is your pride? Like, um, you know, like you, you, like you're, you've given up 48 points. Like maybe you don't care anymore, but like maybe try not to give up 50 something. Um, and, and I think that pride is missing from, from other, you know, parts of this program too. Like, I think, um, the fans no showed this, I mean, like kudos to the people who were there, but it was like 30,000 people um in orange and blue and that's just not going to get it done uva doesn't have a home field advantage anymore in part because of that they've won two games against fbs competition in two years or whatever it is um yeah that's right isn't it yeah they beat duke and they beat odu last year and odu i mean that's odu team was bad um and And it was barely a win right yeah they won (laughs) on the last play of the game um you know, so like I think that's part of it, and and I'm not trying to bag on the people who do come. It's just like a lot of people have checked out, or they just feel like the rug's going to get pulled out from them, but they don't understand like that their presence is important. Right. Um, and I also don't think the administration. I mean, that the administration to me came off as super tone deaf. I talked about this before the game, um, about like how they handled the ticket sales for this because I looked at the website before the game. It was like, man, it's going to be like empty, and people are going to be surprised. Um. And it was because they just didn't put the tickets on sale to the general public to keep tech fans out, presumably. And that didn't matter at all because they still got there. So, I mean, from the top down, it was a it was an embarrassment. I mean, like you said at the top, I mean, there's no other way to frame it, really. So to to Ferber's point, so if you just if you define explosive plays is 15 plus in passing and 10 plus in rushing, it's 12 plays, six, six passes for 290. And six runs for 157. I also so, think it's worth noting when you say that, that if you go back and watch it, like the last, I don't know, quarter and a half, Tech was just kind of like, the game was over. Like they were just yeah. kind of like going through the motions. Yeah, that's fair. Virginia, even after Virginia, like, you know, kind of stumbled out of the gate, 
the the defense like as bad as they got the defense kind of kept them in the game for they a little got while. a stop on the second drive they forced a yeah. punt i mean it know? was 10 nothing in the first quarter tech scored early in the second to make it 17 um and then i think virginia had to turn over the interception on the next possession and that's um, when it was which like was, absolutely you know, malachi over, slipped yeah. and yeah they, and i mean like off, but. and i think we've talked a lot about, right about like you know there are going to be a handful of plays that are just not going to go your way. Um, the, the the question isn't what happens on those plays. It's all the other ones around it, you know, and you're right. Like, cause tech, you know, tech goes um, field goal, punt, touchdown, touchdown. Um, second quarter, they start with a fumble, right? Um, UVA is not able to do anything with it. Tech turns around and scores again. Um, it, 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 by the time this thing was at halftime, obviously it was, I mean, there was like really no point. I mean, it's, um, you know, Oh yeah. What was it at 24? Yeah, it was over yeah, 24. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. They weren't coming back from that. The fact that they rolled yeah, I mean, I up Virginia exactly. Had the, the, didn't Virginia right. have the ball with like two minutes to go in the first half and a chance they had the long, they had a long drive. Calandria like took a plays. 20 yard sack. Yeah. And then he had yeah. to throw like a hail Mary on fourth and like yeah, which, 27 or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, I said, I don't know if you guys went back and watched, obviously we see it a little different than the stadium, but, um, I mean, the first offensive play for Virginia was the yeah. Mike Holland Could run, I believe. And he got and, hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and then but if you Washington. go watch that tackle, like the Tech guy took him to the ground, then picked him up and flipped him over and threw him back on the ground. Like, and he didn't get flagged for it. It wasn't that bad, but it was just oh, you know, they were trying to, to the game. establish their dominance. <laughs> yeah, and every tackle that first quarter, you know, they had two or three guys there. Um, and their offensive game plan, like I mean, they're not an elite offense by any means. And I still stick to what I said. I still, I think they might be the second or third worst team we've played all year. Um, they just showed up. You know, Georgia Tech wasn't great. They showed up. Um, Another LH game to UVA win a game no against show. a power five without a mini buy or a buy. Um, that's a problem. But even you know their offensive game plan. You know, Virginia's defensive line has been. What's what's a nice way to put it? They they weren't. They weren't disruptive this year, right? Like, if, at best, they held their own. They allowed the linebackers to do stuff. And, I, I mean, tech, I think Tech saw that on film, and they did a lot of misdirection, like that double reverse touchdown. When dudes I mean, our linebackers like, look, were on the yeah, other side of the around, field, dude. Everybody's looking around like, yeah. I saw and several they, guys look up. Like, what is happening? And, look, you know? and I mean, their scheme Sinker, isn't super Sinker, crazy. Robinson, but... all those guys, Jocks, Jackson, they're, I mean, they're, they're good players who are, who are hopefully going to get much better. But you know, Tech took advantage of their aggressiveness. Um, I didn't see any of the same out of Virginia's game plan. It was, you know, there were there were some plays here and there, but Tech found a way to get Malik Washington out of the game early, and UVA had nothing else to do. Well, I, I don't know if it's necessary. I would. I I don't know if I'd go as far to say Tech took him out of the game. I think when UVA missed on a couple of those early shot plays, like that well, yeah, first the play, first one, the first one could have been a touchdown. It was like a. I mean, the kid's still try. running if he catches it, you know. Yeah. And then the the second one on the second drive, um, you know, he just misses him, and um, or maybe it was a third drive, but there was another one early, and he missed him again. I guess no, it must have been it must have been the second quarter because that one they're going in a different direction, um, and it's just it's not so much to me that tech like took Malik out of the game. It's like, honestly, I didn't think Virginia had what appeared to be even a solid plan for how to use him. And I think that like, in some level that's, that's malpractice, right? Like you had a guy who everybody understands. I mean, he's first team all ACC gets the most votes on that side of the ball, right? He's having an incredible season. 
right? You know tech is going to come in to try to do something nobody else has done. It wasn't like they were just going to let the kid eat, right? So so what was Virginia doing to try to um, not just get him the ball, but to also sort of like, I don't know, get somebody else to ball, knowing that tech was going to commit a lot of its resources to trying to slow him down, right? Like, I did not see anything in the way of um, um, design or in the way of sort of intent that made me think Virginia had a game plan for how to sort of maximize their opportunities. I understand Tech's pass defense had been pretty good this year, and I understand that like Virginia's offensive line was in. I I I, th- I don't think it's you know I don't think it's outside the realm of foolishness to say that that offensive line was not even remotely healthy. Um, I think especially the left side of the line just did not look the same. Um, as they've looked in the past, that's not an excuse. It's just a reason why. So I understand it. And at the same time, I don't understand it because if you knew that going in, how could you not have done something better to sort of prepare for it? Um, and I, and yeah, I, and, and, look, and I think I don't beyond think this the, team at any point this season was built to uh, have the offense make a big comeback or, or, or the defense keep a team in it. This defense was better when the other team had to, you know, had to make big plays. You know, when they got Carolina down and Carolina abandoned the run, the defense was much better. Louisville is the only one who figured it out. You know, let's keep running it here late. But, and then this offense, like, you know, when you put pressure on them, where even though they were largely one-dimensional for most of the season, when you've got no threat of the run, that's tough on anybody. And Tech, you know, for most of the, halfway through the first, uh, second quarter for the rest of the game, didn't have to bring any extra pressure to get pressure. They're just running, yeah. They just they just yeah, bring it forward every time and drop it back know, in zone. Just and and that's know. a problem. And then let's not even talk about you know another freaking special team score. Like, I mean, well, two really yeah. because they fumbled a yeah. punt. The lead well, yeah, hold on. Punt, like before yeah. we let's get yeah. real quick before we get to the to the special teams of it all. Um, I do think it's worth mentioning that Holland's getting hurt when he did, especially considering they don't have Paris Jones. Um, it put a lot of pressure, I think, on them. Um, and I think I should at least, you know, I'm bagging on him here about the game plan. But I mean, he got he got hurt on the first possession. It was his only carry of the game. I don't believe he came back. Um, and I mean, they they've kind of been using those running backs um, in a very sort of specific way. I, I I'm not going to say that like the result was because Mike Hollins got hurt, but I do think it might have compounded problems for the offense in a way that was really difficult, especially considering like midstream. Um, cause Kobe pace, I think there was a reason why, right. They were using Paris and, and Mike Hollins, um, the way they were using them, um, on their, on their third downs. Right. So I, I do think that that changed, that probably changed the complexion some for the offense. And it's worth noting, doesn't, doesn't change for me the, the bottom line, but it is worth, you know, if we're going to be fair to them now in terms of fairness, I, I, I don't know how else to say it than, than this, which is a Virginia special teams need to be completely and totally like broken down and rebuilt from the from from the ground up. Like I, I I'm not sure I've ever been just as flabbergasted at uh, at anything as I have Virginia's ability to just completely um lose the thread, so to speak, when it comes to special teams. Like that group all season long has been not just like a net negative, but a complete liability. And I don't understand how it's con- been allowed to continue to be the way it's been. I-, I just don't understand it in any way, shape, or form. When special teams is give is not just like giving up field position, which this team s- just seriously could not have withstood, but to give up points, routinely give up points. Like it's just not it's not tenable. It's not 
it doesn't make any sense. And I, I don't even ha- I don't have a I don't have any clue as to how, why it was able to continue on the way it had. I yeah, mean, because I mean, you have to play it basically like you can't hide it. You know, it's like they can't. I don't think that this year they were going to be able to fix it like, you know, and, and now they have to figure out how they're going to fix it because you can keep keep this same coach if you want, but you better throw every resource you have at the special teams um, and try to figure out how to make it work. Cause they didn't, they also, they made all those bad plays. They didn't make a single positive play. Like they didn't block a punt. They didn't block a kick. They didn't have a big return. None of that. So it's, it's just bad. I mean, and th- this team definitely couldn't afford them to be this bad this year. Yeah. And I mean, just to be clear, like before I make my special teams rant here, I think for the most part, the players played up to their potential a lot of the year. Um, game plan, you know, like you had guys in positions they weren't expecting to be. You had a lot of injuries. You had, you know, Oscar was out most of the year. I think Calandria for a freshman stepped up and yeah, it could have been a played excellent. Yeah. Washington came from nowhere. Like my my disdain at what we saw Saturday isn't player based. It's it's based on the you know the six seven million dollars of salary we're spending for the coaching. That, that it's I've more seen. than that, it's like yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah, it's closer to ten. You're right, but yeah, because yeah, Jesus, even worse. I looked it up earlier. It was like ten point yeah. four. And I mean, year. I know, and I know, kind of a pass was given how last season ended, and this you know, a lot to recover from this year. But come on, man, like it's it's been bad. Um, and special teams, I think, is yeah. Brad said he can't remember last time. I mean, I think the last special teams of this bad was one of Mike London's like. Might have been the first year of the podcast, like that 2012 season. That was terrible special teams that year, but this was. I still next feel like level. this is worse. I feel like this yeah, is I worse. Mean, it was. I mean, that special teams was just bad. Like they would make stupid mistakes, you know, and especially because the rules are different kind now, of right? Like the rules are yeah. set up now so that you can essentially make it's them start to get every touchbacks. drive. Yeah. yeah. Everything should be, you know what I'm saying? It should be a much more neutral sort of thing now. <laughs> the uh, kick return keep... on Saturday was a joke, like a joke on wheels. When I went back and watched it, I mean, like the kick is short, fine. And then guys are like running to the guy. Like, have you guys gone back and watched that? Yeah. No, I yeah, watched it right maybe three hours. He ago. literally did nothing on the return. He just ran towards the UVA sideline and kind of just waited and then ran down the sideline. Like it yeah, wasn't had like, like four a, guys that had him kind of bunched up. Yeah, there, they, but... they, they sort of ran towards where he was and then he just ran away from them. And then they were like, oh, and then nobody could catch him. Yeah, and and I was like, I clearly never... didn't go where I was supposed to. But... Yeah, it looked like, a, remember Le'Veon Bell when he would just kind of wait for the hole? Yeah. Like, it looked like that. He just was like, standing there, and then he was like, oh, there it is, and then he took off. I've never seen that. Like, I don't understand how you give up a punt return. Joe Reed did like that, that a few times to other people. But, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's, it's Those days are like, long I mean, gone. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they got it, are they ever. Which is weird but, because I mean, I they've we've got talked talent. about it this year. Like they, that's the thing. Yeah. I think that's the thing that bugs. Yeah, but I don't other, know. I mean, but other teams are kicking pass, for touchbacks, <laughs> so you don't. I mean, get if, a if I'm gonna give them a pass, it's like when you start getting to where you're playing guys that you didn't even know you're gonna play at all, who are starting on defense, then you're gonna, you're not yeah. gonna have the depth to practice special teams, and you're not gonna have the level of athlete or that you'd like to have. That said, the schematically, you know, if you've got if you don't have the the dogs on the kickoff team because of your injuries kick the ball out of bounds. It's not, you know, kick the ball out. I mean, touch, touchback. Why, why are we going to kick short so often? I know they said that one was an accident, but there's plenty of plays, plenty of games this year where the strategy was to kick short and rally. 
didn't work. Um, and and I mean, real talk, this, like, that is malpractice. You should never do that with this special teams yeah, crew. Agreed. You should yeah, never agreed. ever be intentionally allowing returns. Yeah, and then agreed. pump block. Agreed. That's a whole different issue. And we saw two of those blocked. Like that's not a yeah. And both of those, issue. both of those right were like there. both of those were like everybody watching. Everybody knew it was coming. coming. Yeah, everybody knew. <laughs> like, it was, like you could feel it. Like Ray Charles could see it. Like it was just it was happening. It was just a question of when. It was just a question of when, not a question of if. I, I also think that like if we can sort of look at the bigger picture here like in some ways to me the more i thought the more i think about what happened saturday it just feels like it was extremely earned right like yeah what is that thing that bronco used to say about organizations or designed for the results i was like no. you don't remember or not no. given. what was the thing about the organizations yeah. or organizations get the results that they're designed to get designed to get right and like if you looked at that like they absolutely earned every second of and uh, and 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 again, this season, the thing, one of the things we've talked the most about, right, is a, their ability to sort of like turn the page, right? Hey, this thing happened, they're down, whatever, and they're able to sort of put it back together. I think some of that, honestly, was at times was Anthony Calandria's like sheer force of will. Because um, I do think he has a little bit of that in him um, to be able to sort of just do, just sort of rally around him. At the end of the day, though, like he needed more than that. And in this game, he, he was more like his Maryland self, right? A couple things didn't go his way. And, and, and you could sort of tell that he wasn't as sharp uh, as he needed to be. And he, look, he's young, he'll get better. Like, I think he's got a, a really bright future and I think he's extremely talented. Um, you had the best receiver you're probably ever going to have, right? Like the dude could not have been better, Right. Like, imagine a world where you could actually improve on the season Malik had, right? I mean, you might make you might say, like, oh, you know, you, you need a handful more of, like, the bombs, right? Turning 25-yard gains into 65-yard touchdowns. Okay, fair. But, like, realistically, this dude was in there getting, like, third and six, you know, getting eight yards for a first down. Like, he gave you everything you needed. He He did it all over the field. And in this game, you're only able to put up, you know, 243 yards of passing offense. You only put up 286 as a team. Again, against a not very good tech team. Like this is not this is not like hey they're in the in the real running for the for the coastal sort of thing, right? This is not this is not that. And I think the the frustrating piece for me is like this was not the group like this was the group you could come back and beat, right? You just needed to like I don't know not get the crap kicked out of you in the first half. Right, they didn't get a first down on their own because there yes. was some roughing the passer calls until yes. like one fifty eight left in the half. Yeah, and they had like sixty yards of offense in the half, and like I think like forty or fifty of those were on that last drive. Tech came out of the gate and scored thirty one unanswered. Right, Virginia didn't get on the board till that stupid field goal with seven forty four left. In the third <laughs> the field goal just makes me mad now thinking about it. Does the, the field goal like it the hurts lights. my soul, man? The lights and the and the and I mean, it's like listen, I understand the kick return I, actually I after that makes perfect. Like it should have gone it, that I, way. Like but that's listen, how it didn't even make me mad because I was so mad already. I was no, just I, like, no, kick I get you. Field goal no, I get so you. they don't shut us out. I think that's when I went from like the light show because they don't have them, and then I'm leaving. That's what I wanted. That's all I cared about. I think I think it took me from mad to just completely embarrassed, right? Because yeah. it's one thing for the team just to get the crap kicked out of them. But, like, somebody somewhere, all right, has to have some wherewithal to say, like, maybe now's not the time for the lights, guys. And I understand. I, I completely see the way this conversation went, right? Which is like, hey, they had all, the fireworks. Like, why do it any different? Yeah, right? Like, right. We had the fireworks. Might as well shoot them off, right? And, I mean, 
counter, you know, just sidebar real quick. The fact that they shot those things off from inside the stadium because they knew they had all the space that they wanted in a in the in the what should be most years, whatever, is like the biggest game on your schedule. Dude, like that is just a thing. That is quite a thing, right? It's just hilarious to me that they went all out for that when they did nothing to get anybody fired up about this game. Like they didn't try to sell tickets. They didn't they didn't promote it. They just basically went into it like it was any other game, and they they got the results that you get when that happens. Home Field Apparel is back with brand new options for the Wahoos and so much more this year. With college basketball season ramping up, there has never been a better time to gear up with officially licensed apparel from Home Field. First-time customers can get 15% off their first order using the code CAVS23 at checkout. Homefield has comfortable, thoughtful selections, not just for UVA fans, but for more than 180 schools across the country. So this will make a great gift option no matter who you pull for. Homefield's plan is simple. Dig through the archives and the history of the schools to find unique logos, mascots, traditions, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your favorite school. I love what they've got from the older UVA logos and such, and the quality of the stuff I've gotten from Homefield is second to none. In fact, the hoodie with the Cavalier script across the chest is my go-to no matter what I'm doing. Homefield products are printed on high-quality garments with extreme comfort in mind. So don't miss this fall's hottest styles and the most sought-after apparel. Shop at Homefield today and wear one for the team. Homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code CAVS23 for 15% off your first order. Thanks to Homefield for their support of this show and all of CAVSCorner.com. They did like the Hokies take over half the hill, though. I mean, come on. Like, and they were, and what's crazy I is mean, they, they also like, they also have to do something for the, maybe in 2025, they'll figure out a plan to not let like the opposing team's fans storm your field. Storm the field. Just storm <laughs> yeah. the field. Just have, just have at it. Plant your flag, or whatever, on the 50 yard line. Just have, you, you know what? You guys have a day. You guys earned it. Good I would job. just, could you imagine the, I dare you to try to storm the field in Blacksburg? I, yeah. I was about to say the <laughs> same luck. thing. Yeah, well, also, I mean, like, you'll have to deal with the, it, but... the student body if you try to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, rightfully so. But I mean, and yeah, I think it just it just it speaks to the entire the rivalry is just summed up in everything that happened on Saturday. Agreed. You know? Everything about it just does a perfect job of articulating exactly where the thing stands. And I think that's a good transition to sort of talk about the bigger picture. Right. Like, I, I think there was a point in the season where all of us were sort of like, oh, man. Like is is this is is Tony going to make it out of this season? The the win over Carolina and definitely the win over Duke. I mean, I, I think it Virginia is just not a place where you're going to go. You know, you're going to win three games and you run out of town. But I will say, fifty five to, to seventeen, stuff. yeah, yeah fifty five to seventeen surely did. Uh, you know, have its day, right? You know, what I'm saying, you know, like it, it had a moment there in the, in the conversation. You're like, yeah, but. Um, and I don't know, man, like I, I know that in talking to folks around the program, it certainly felt like, you know, the the staff came in, you know, and as as I don't understand all coaching staffs do like, right, like you talk about culture this and we're going to do this and we're, you know, knew this and whatever. And there were a lot of guys on last year's team. And we talked about this, right? They're like, all right, well, the dudes who, you know, weren't necessarily on board with the whole like, hey, we're going to do it different and we're going to have a better culture and, hey, I thought our culture was fine. Like, those guys got to get up out of town, right? They had that chance, right? These are all, you know, this staff, Tony's guys, right? So this is what they did with them, right? And, like, on some level, um, I don't want to say that the excuses aren't don't matter. I'm not trying to make light of what happened at the end of last year, and I understand that it did change the calculus in a variety of different ways. Having said that, like, 
what they put on the field this year is this ain't it. And it can't be it. Not if you're going to continue to be the coach of the actual program. Not if, And so, like, I understand that, like, for a lot of folks, like, there was this idea that maybe because of his experience in Clemson, because of the success he's had, that he had a mind, he had a, a mindset when he came in of, well, we're, you know, it's just going to work. You know what? A lot of coaches feel that way until they realize how much work is in front of them. And they, they kind of need to be humbled. And I will I don't say think that anybody if, ever takes a job and they're like, you know what? This probably won't work out, but like maybe on the next one, like, yeah. you know, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and I understand that like all coaches to some extent are kind of crazy people, right? Like they all have this like inflated view of like their ability to impact and make change, right? The BB change agents. Like they all think like, no, no, but my scheme is the best, right? They all think like, no, no, but my structure for my perfect program, right? What is it called? The model program? Like I get that that's the way coaches are, right? That's just coaches. I get that. But he was, I mean, that was a, that was a defeated dude in that press conference, man. Like he was not, um, you know, this was, this was not somebody who, uh, I don't think it was somebody who saw that coming. And, you know, for the first exactly. time, I think since he's yeah. been the head coach, I feel like he was like, I'm not sure what to do. And maybe he, maybe he, uh, he went back that night to McHugh and he's got a plan and you know, that, that we'll see. But what that looked like to me was a guy who had been humbled and had been, you know, in, 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 in sports terms. Okay. Again, not trying to make light of what happened last year and everything. Um, he, he, he looked to me like a guy who like, all right, however I thought this was going to go, it's not going to go that way. And it's on me to change that. I don't know if he necessarily should have needed or, you know, really did need that, but it was un- unequivocally across his face through that entire press conference was, yeah, this whole thing is not going the way I wanted it to go. And while I would have rather him been angry, you know, because I do think that there's a passion deficit going on. I, I do think that on some level, like it's it's good for them to understand just how real the problem is, because it's not going to get fixed simply because, I mean, you know, they could schedule some different teams, but that's not, you know, that's just kind of putting lipstick on a pig. Right. Like you're not really changing the fundamentals anyway. Right. And I think from the administration on down. Right. Like the you got to get serious about it in a way that Virginia just has not been serious. You know, they are, they, Virginia football is the Logan Roy children of Virginia athletics. Like you are unserious people. Right. And that's what they are. Like every other program in the athletic department seems to be just humming along just fine. Right. People on the basketball side angry because they don't feel like they're competing for national championships enough. Right. And yet on the football side, it's like, well, could you just like, I don't know, take two steps and not trip. Like and that's and the football program s- cannot seem to get out of its own way, even in a situation like this where your where your bitter rival is just not very good. Oh, y- you made them you made them look like the Joe Namath Jets, right? And you let them go a, to a bowl again, again, time. again, and 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 you watched them dance on your field. And I you think know, that's the, true too. Well, I you think probably like, didn't because you, you probably weren't there. Yeah, that's UVA, yeah. yeah, that's true. UVA did a lot, almost like. Propping tech up might have hurt helped tech more than it hurt UVA because you know it just gives them even more momentum, which you know they could have tightened the gap, but they went the other direction. I just yeah, I, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think look, I mean, Elliot's done enough on you know, we've seen enough results wise where there should be a lot of heat on him, 
Um, and honestly, if he hadn't beaten Carolina, I think we'd have we'd be calling for his head right now, which begs the question, why aren't we doing it? Because Carolina stumbled down the stretch. Um, I mean, I, look. Well, they're we UVA's biggest rival, Dave. Year, right? Don't you know that? Yeah. I mean, they are a big rival, but Carolina wasn't a top 10 team. Um, turns out they weren't, you know, they, they weren't that great. But well, I mean, I kind of think they were, and the UVA kind of broke them a little bit. But yeah. I mean, three wins, like, come on. And, and look, and it's not just that. It's like, you know, everything that's happened, even before all that last year, in this new age of NIL and transfer portal and self-promotion for players, this staff has gotten an F in promotion of the program. If they're, you know, it's really hard to promote your program. Like Twitter's really hard to use, right? Instagram's really hard to use. Um, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like, I feel so when they tweet anything, it feel like it honestly, like we, we text each other about it because it's so freaking rare. Like I should be annoyed how many tweets are coming out of the coaching staff. It doesn't have to be you. You've got a staff. It can be someone else. You can't just disappear. Like, I don't know what Elliot's feeling because God knows, you know, short of the Malik Washington stuff and the Paris stuff this week, we, you know, we don't see anything from the, from the staff. You know, the portal has been open for a week. Um, Virginia's put out one offer. I mean, they're just, there's this, it's frustrating. If you, if you want to root for him to turn the page, like we've seen more tweets from players on the team recruiting than, than coaches. Um, like it, it, for me, that's, been one of the biggest misfires for this whole thing um and i know you didn't have to do that at clemson this isn't clemson bro and guess what clemson is not what they were eight years ago either um i'm gonna call the episode and, this isn't clemson bro and see just and watch people's <laughs> like, heads explode yeah i mean and it's frustrating like and i think i mean i don't want to go too far off off topic here but the uh so i'll bring myself back in but yeah what do we got to lose it's a uh, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I do think, like, it's so easy to get a little bit, of, you know, a little bit of, you know, fan support just by doing that stuff. And, and they've, they just don't seem to care about it. Um, and I, I think, think that makes it easy for me to, to want to see them move on. Like, no, I got you. I would I, not I, be mad if we fired them today. I'll be blunt, blunt with you. No, that's And I think that's fair. I don't and see I, I don't the next year's going to be way better. But I also you think know, that one of the reasons why we're talking about, like, a lack of passion and such is, dude, there were a lot of people who felt that way before they ever even started with the guy, right? I think if we're, if we're, if we're all just going to, you know, we're all going to be in a safe space here and just talk about it, right? There were a significant number of fans before they ever played a game of football with him as head coach who were just unsure about the whole thing in general, right? And it started the weekend that he got, that he took the job, right? Like when he took the, when he decided to go back home and think about it and everything, like, yes. I understand that you are a very like thoughtful decision maker. You are somebody who is, you know, you go about, you know, you're methodical in the way that you do it. I get that. I understand that. But if you're going to be a college football coach in the year of our Lord, 2022, 2023, okay, you got to understand optics. You got to understand the way things look and feel. And he, and I genuinely think that he started himself off on the wrong foot right from the start. Because he made it feel like taking this job was something he had to like talk himself into. And fans, whether they are right or wrong or indifferent, don't want that. Like they don't want to think that like, hey, this guy had to sort of like have his 
arm twisted, right? He had to sweeten the deal or whatever needed to happen um, in the course of those hours, you know? You know, and we make fun of a lot of the stuff that that tech does. It's fine. But, like, you know, contrast with their job, how he That dude acted like he landed on the freaking He was like, this is where I want to be. This is the greatest thing in the history of the world. Yes, exactly. And now we're going to make it. I'm going to do the work to make it the place that we all want it to be. And I think at UVA, for one, it's not Clemson from a resource standpoint. And that's a whole other conversation. I don't know that we have time to get into today about resources um, and and what UVA can realistically do with what they have money-wise. But you also, like, to to mitigate those disadvantages that you might have, you're going to have to, like, find every advantage you can find. That's why teams like Army run the triple, Right. Like they do it because they're like, you know what? We have a competitive disadvantage. Like this is how we're going to make up for it. We're going to recruit to a system. It's going to be hard to play in for on a week's notice. And, and we're going to, we're not going to win every game, but we're going to beat teams more often than they want us to. UVA has to take the triple approach to everything outside of football. They need to take it to recruiting. They need to, basically what I'm saying is they need to be outworking people, out marketing people out, you know, like, fundraising people like it, it not even money wise i mean like in like the effort that it takes to get people invested um and and from where i sit what i see is like a group and i'm not just talking about like tony or the coaches obviously um they have a job to do first but like what i see is like a group that's just kind of like waiting for it to happen for them and it's like and, and that's the administration too with like the fans and and everything else falling into place it's like you need to be like turning over every rock and and I'm sure that they're working hard and and I'm not, you know, I I know it's hard, but you know, especially getting your record says you is. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, but it's also like, I I think the easiest thing you can do is the stuff you just said, Dave, like, you know how much tech fans like that Brent pry tweet with the cup yesterday? Like, come on. Like that's the easiest thing. That's the lowest common denominator. Just do stuff like that. Like, you know, I, even if it's like petty things like that, like, you know, and then you have to really like be grinding and recruiting. And, and, and the good news for Tony is that in year three, you know, your, your fortunes can change really quickly with the portal. If you hit on guys that, that might not be sustainable into year four, but you know, at least gives you a little bit more runway. But right now the, the fan base hasn't been given a reason to really get behind this team. And they haven't like, I mean, they, they just clearly haven't um, from a money raising standpoint, from a attendance standpoint, from a, you know, social media standpoint. Um, and, and that's on the fans too. to, you know, some of that should be just, you know, hundred percent, but you know, you can't just be like, I'm not going to support these guys because they lose um, because that's not what being a fan is. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I feel like there's a disconnect, you know, where it's like, like you said, like the, it's like the coaches are here to do a job and, and at tech and other places, it's like they're, even if it's BS and a lot of times it is, you know, they're out there telling you what you want to hear and getting people, you know, knocking on doors and raising money and all that kissing babies. Yeah. I mean, Jesse Pritchard is a, the hero of the weekend for me. <laughs> Maybe well, you know really funny. I just <laughs> like to, I just like to state unequivocally for the record. For, not that the not that I mean maybe there are some tech fans who are listening to this you know enjoying the UVA tears or whatever for fifty minutes but like I can't think of a game that I've been to where at, at some point after post game 
after I've gone back up to the press box and I've gotten ready to leave, I didn't see those sprinklers on. Like they're they're yeah, that's they're just yeah, they, they, they're, they're on, on all the time. Yeah. So like this idea that like UVA did it, like I, I have a friend of mine who's a um a hokey grad and he was like he he was he was basically saying like yeah I really appreciate this level of petty like you know this is good this but is that's good that's what's so funny about it is UVA is like oh no we have to like and, and but, I, I understand but that's the thing is it's like from. it's not even earned <laughs> he didn't he didn't do anything wrong and he was like hey guys I wasn't doing that on purpose sorry and I get that like that's totally fine but the funny thing is everybody else's reaction to it was like this is what you should be doing yeah you should UVA, yeah. You, UVA needs to be turning the the metaphor should turn on the second on the coaches shake way hands. possible in yeah. this ride like there is no forward. yeah and that's part of it right is it, it comes down to you know pat and this is not this is not an, an issue with the administration now this has been a thing for the administration for you know administration different at different people too it's not just like a tony it's, thing it's or a like Harley a thing it's yeah. like a virus that has infected the whole thing it's like they don't have any idea what to do with this they just don't and and i get it on some level right when 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 the other team has dominated the matchup as much as tech has dominated this thing it makes sense to me that nobody knows how to handle it cuz you can't you can't pretend like you're actually like on you know that it's like back and forth cuz it's not right those days are 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 well in the past it's going to take a whole lot of wins in a row to sort of even them out you know um but but like on some level I, I think that part of the issue in this rivalry from the virginia side is a is connected tissue to a bigger issue for the football program as a whole, which is like, it is the unserious portion of the program. Like they're just, you know, there are a handful of things that they do and you're like, okay. And the thing that really pisses me off is like, they have a lot of professionals who are around the program who are very good at what they do. Right. Yeah. And you, and you, you meet these folks and you understand who these folks are and you see their work and you understand like these people are really good at what they do. And they're, and they're, they're, their work, their effort, their, uh, contributions are squandered because on some level, like the pro like the program just doesn't get it. Um, I, I, I agree with what Dave said earlier. Like, I just don't understand sort of the messaging side of the whole thing. Like the, the, the way that they like who, what they think they're saying to fans and how they think that they're yeah. impacting their fanhood. On the loo. You know? And we're talking specifically about fans, not recruits, because they do a lot of that behind the scenes. Which and, you know? and which fair, but, which, fine, which, but the recruits want the recruits want to be able to retweet it, dude. But yeah, they like, that's exactly that right. Stuff the, matters, right? Yes, and the, and, and it's like and even I, if you are the hardest working staff in America, like we don't know because you, we yeah. don't hear from you. And that's the thing is like <laughs> on some level, like a lot of this stuff is like I don't want to say it's like just follow this the playbook, but a lot of it is like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand like oh yeah. Kids like edits, right? Kids would like edits and they would like to be able to put those edits on their social or kids would like videos where you, you know, like these are not, this is not hard, right? This is, it's not 2011, right? Like this is not difficult. Like all of us can do these things on your phone instantaneously. Like this is what you're talking about here is not, uh, I hear, you know, a Herculean effort, right? Um, but I think it does come down to priorities. Now, granted, like, Virginia basketball, for example, has made a, a living, right? Made a made a program, made a tradition, made a, you know, whatever, out of doing it a certain way. Um, but like at the same time, they've earned the opportunity to do it the way that they want to do it. Right. But look and at the fans have did it ten years ago. The ten fans plus years ago. Sort of, different times, and right? And the four and the fans have embraced them because they're winning but like, that's part of an identity what is virginia yeah, exactly. football's identity what's the what's the offense trying to do 
Other than bend but, but don't break, what's the defense trying to do? Bend but don't break can't be your entire philosophy for how you defend the football game. It just can't. It's it's not no. It's a reaction. It's not. It's not. And you're not avenging anything. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a reactionary deal. Like, and I'm sorry, but like on some level, like if you're a, if you're a football coach in the year of our Lord 2023, and you come to a post game presser, you should at least have the 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 the, the respect for the professionals in the room and, and even those who aren't to answer questions and with with some sense of 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 actual answers. And I, I know that that's a that's a pet peeve of mine. I don't. I, there's no reason for if you're not going to talk, talk to, to him, Williams tomorrow night. Like, so <laughs> if you're if you're going to come to a post game and somebody asks you, just have the just answer the question. Like nobody's asking you to diagram exactly what happened on this third and seven. But oh, you know what? Okay, it, it I thought you were talking about Tony at first. No, no, like, no. Okay, it it, it wouldn't be now. that hard. And I'm not again. And I'm not. And, and I, this is really small potatoes on a much longer laundry list. Um, but my my goodness, it's just like it's it's just what what. What is that saying to the outside world, right? Again, I know football games are not won or lost based on what someone is saying to the outside world. But you know what is, what does happen on what is said to the outside world? Passion, uh, investment, be that in time, be that in energy, be that in money. Like those things tend to matter in programs, right? The dude who's like the 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 coach that's taken over from in Michigan since Harbaugh's been suspended, he cries every time they get a camera on him. Now I don't know if it's real, and I don't know that dude from Adam, so I'm not going to judge him on on whatever. But all I do know is is that his passion comes across. Yeah, and maybe he's going to get a job. Maybe it reads like, as fake to you, and maybe it reads as fake to a lot of people. But to somebody, it doesn't. To somebody who's a Michigan fan, it reads perfectly. It reads that they, that dude cares a lot, right? And I'm not saying that you need to be anybody other than who you are. I'm just saying, like, whoever you are, how about you let people, like, I don't know, interact with that? How about you, like, show yeah, like, a little bit? Like, Bronco's an introvert, but I never questioned his, like, authenticity. You know what I mean? Like, he just was who he was, you know? And it's like, okay, like, I know that he's having other people kind of do their thing, but, like, it wasn't, you know, I didn't feel no, like, I'm not. I mean, I, and he, and I mean, and they, but Bronco had wasn't these, tweeting. I'm not asking Elliot to tweet, but good lord! But they had no, their staff I, on it. I think I, I just, I just want to make clear real quick that like week. I'm not, I'm not saying anybody's fake. I'm saying that there's just a lot of like um, degrees of separation between yeah who who's really behind all of it and like who they actually are and what they're you know what I'm saying I, yeah I think and, my point is like Bronco doesn't Bronco wasn't like out there like cutting no that's fair problems, no no yeah, but we yeah. didn't complain about like who is this guy <laughs> like you know what I mean um, but yeah I mean I think like. Uh, you know, and this doesn't gonna fix all your problems because I think like the previous staff tried to like get out there and do a lot of messaging and it until didn't they didn't in, yeah, yeah. But yeah. at the same time, like I think the administration um kind of switching gears, like they're gonna have to. Well, for one, like they're this football season needs to be an evaluation, the twenty twenty four season of like what you're gonna be doing because I mean, I'm putting them on the hot seat. Like, no, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there's any way around that. I yeah, mean, especially I mean, like, after it, this. And obviously this year, I think like it's more than fair, even if they, you know, like on field results aside, like maybe you just kind of let things breathe after what happened, like, you know, and, and I, I empathize with that and that everybody's been put in a difficult situation and I know they have priorities outside of the things we're talking about here. Having said that 2024, you have to figure out what you are on the field. And this, this administration has to try to like do something different off the field. 
Like, I don't know what it is. Like I, I, I wrote it the other day on the board. Like I don't have all the answers, but I'm also not being paid a lot of money to have them. Um, and you know, like Dave and I were at the stadium parking lot on Saturday and like the, the place is half empty at best. You know, the, the half of the people that were there were tech fans. Um, you know, you got passionate fans that feel, I feel kind of like locked out maybe of, of like, they don't go to games anymore. Like people that used to come a lot. Um, and you know, like I see there's no real incentive to have season tickets anymore. You can get the tickets on StubHub for $6 and go and sit wherever you want. Um, you know, and, and they have a big problem on that end. And I don't think that there's an easy fix for that. But I think that I'm a hundred. I'm very confident that they need to be trying to get creative because I don't think you can just like the, you have to. A program like UVA has to be able to win games at home, and I think that starts with having a good home field advantage um, with fans. And and right now, like that's a huge problem. Not to mention, like a game like this is only going to push people further away. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. I realize I'm I'm I realize I'm what I'm about to describe here is is the times have just changed, and that's fine. But when I was a kid, the seats that I sat in, I knew everybody who sat around me and everybody who sat around me was there. And when they weren't there, everybody knew, oh, yeah, they're going to be doing X because it was planned because they had, it, it was a it was a part of their fall. Right. It was the, coming to these games. It was important to them. Right. And one of the realities that you get into, I think, when you when you don't have that sort of camaraderie around you, you don't have those same connections and such is like it's very transactional. Right. To Ferber's point, like you can get cheaper tickets and you can go sit anywhere you want. Right. So then you're not seeing the same people. You're not you know, you're not having the or you don't have to go. Folks. Oh, like if a game's at noon, and you and don't have raining, to go. You don't have you don't you don't like have, you have to. to go because you have season tickets. Like exactly. And you can and, and I understand that there's a part of this is I think a lot of us understand. Right. That that you know, the games on TV so you can watch it and you can watch it in high def from the dryness and the warmth of your living room. That's, and I totally get that. I'm not going to knock anybody for their own personal choices, but I do think the administration has to do a better job of making the entire experience better. If you think about what's offered in Scott stadium and we've talked about this ad nauseum, right? Okay. They want to, they're going to make some improvements to the, to the uh, video board. Great. But there's a lot of improvements around that stadium that need to happen. Um, to make the entire experience better. It's just right now it's laughable. I, I don't, I don't think yeah. that that's a stretch. I mean, it just is um, in a variety of different ways. It is lackluster and it's not befitting of a program that talks about uncompromised excellence. Right. Or, and when I say program, what I mean is like an athletic department, right? Um, some of the best athletes in the world are going to come through Virginia athletics. Right. Yeah. And JPJ and, and the baseball stadium are like the complete opposite side yes. of the spectrum. Yeah. Like and 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 there's lots of things that that this that the administration could do. And inevitably what will happen is you get to what is it like the week of the first game and then they'll you know, they send out a press release and they hear the new things that they've done. And you know, those things are usually like really low hanging fruit, but none of them are sort of game changing. Right. You haven't added you, you haven't been substantively additive. Right. Um, you, you're not making the concession options better. You're not making them smoother. You're not making them um, easier for fans and easier for those who work there, right? Um, the 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 different things that they've done over the years to sort of enhance that experience feel like they have just not done enough heavy lifting. Um, and I think that a lot of fans feel pretty frustrated by the entire experience, let alone the product on the field, which I, I think if you're going to get into the whole chicken and egg, like – they're gonna in order for to like quote unquote bring fans back, 
they're just going to have to start winning with nobody there. Like I, I full full stop. Like that's just going to be that's there's not going to be like a hey everybody let's all go watch let's fifty five thousand of us go watch them get their brains beat out for a while and then yeah. maybe they'll have the no that's not going to be the way it happens. The okay, way it's it happens gonna have is, to be yeah, the way it's going it, to is be that they win and then teams just start coming back. And I, and I think everybody points to that twenty nineteen season. They're like oh that's the best season they've had in the crowds. But you think about the way that season started, right? That ODU game was crazy close, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. You know, yeah. no, no, and no, it's they like, were losing by multiple scores in the second. And half. I think plenty of fans saw that at the beginning of the season. They Florida State wasn't necessarily back yet, and the whole thing. Like I just think there were a lot of people who were yeah. still on the fence. And the way that that season went is the way that it went, right? It didn't matter so much that they were able to sort of get it back at the end. Yeah. Um. But even then, they it wasn't like they were. You know, they weren't like ten and two. You know what I mean? Like they had a great season, but, but by I would their say the standards, difference not between by the crowd. I would say the difference between the crowd on Saturday and the crowd at that 2019 Tech game was oh, night and gosh, day. palpable. Yeah. Yes, no, yeah, for sure. and and that was ten. Yeah, it was a, it was a worse. And most of those were probably the worst. UVA the worst fans. one I've seen. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think you're right that like the only reason it was as bad as it was is because the administration did everything they could not to let tech fans. Yeah, in. I mean, I think that explains the rivalry. I mean, if you want to like wrap this up or whatever, like on this, I think I nailed it. I think I got it. That the ticket selling policy for the UVA tech game sums up the entire rivalry. You're so worried about the tech fans coming in that you won't even like sell to the average person. Like you're so worried about like an, an invasion of maroon and orange, which is going to happen anyway. Going to happen anyway, because there's just more. Listen, that you you're so scared to be embarrassed by the away turnout. I'm assuming that's why they're doing it because they've done it, it two years, two times yeah. in a row now. That they are unwilling to sell to their own fans that might not have season tickets or donate to the VAF, and that says it all. Yeah, but you can yeah. literally donate five bucks and get the tickets. So I don't want to hear that BS. No, no offense. Um, look, the well, problem fans is, can still go, like, but like you can't yeah. make it harder. That's not why people weren't there. People use that as an excuse not to yeah. go. Like you weren't going anyway, dude. Like we, there's been plenty of games this year that weren't a hundred dollars. And if you think a hundred dollars is expensive, try to go to a game somewhere else. Like hundred dollars won't get you in the upper deck of most power five stadiums. I mean, the right, standard, most power five stadiums. About but at the prices. same, at the, but oh, no, but wait. At the same like, time, there's, Dave, not, like a most tech, power there's five, not a tech. There's not a tech ticket at tech that's cheap. That's as great. The lower but the, level spoiler alert: game. Virginia ain't tech. For, like at the Virginia end of the day, tech's not good either. Stop. But that's not the point. The point is, is that that's an. But the point is not necessarily that the two programs are the same. The program. The point of the matter. The point of the matter is that those are get, fans that, that care, Dave. Like you're com you're comparing apples and oranges and trying to tell me no, they're I'm bananas. Saying, I'm saying the, like, the that's average not the same thing. said the reason they didn't go as a ticket price is just using it as an excuse. They weren't going anyway. My point isn't what the Virginia fan says. My point is what the administration <laughs> is not doing. Right? Yeah. Don't talk to me about what the fans do or don't say. Talk to me about what the administration is or isn't. So doing. how how cheap would that ticket have to be for it to be a different? Like it's how many not, more Virginia it, fans listen, show up? Listen, you're, you're hyper focused on that one part of it. It's it's no it's no no. no. I'm trying to get to my bigger point, which is the problem isn't ticket prices. The problem is passion, right? But there's no demand. there's no passion for this yeah. program right now, and it like the fans like I like I'm there. Like there's there's a core of us, and Ferber and I, and you've talked about this a lot. Like I think there's a core of twenty twenty five thousand of us that would probably be there to watch them play if they're zero and eleven. That's just who we are. It's like most or at least have right? season tickets for it. <laughs> but. Like, when's the last time Jim, like, you have a robbery game. Did Jim Ryan tweet anything about the robbery game? I know he's the president of the university, but what's your, what's your money? Like, hey, make a tweet, Jim Ryan, you know, the president. Let's say, hey, it's a big game this weekend, get in town. Did you see one? 
Well, I mean, to when's kind of the last time about, Carla Williams well, tweeted about football okay, that wasn't hold a retweet? <laughs> no, I'm I'm, I'm, build, I'm going down. Like, I, I know like you are, if but you want but, to build but, passion. And Ferber and I have talked okay. about this off air and at tailgates. When's the last time Carla tweeted about football that wasn't a retweet or just a, a get well soon Paris? I feel like there's you're so the much athletic more, director. I, I, you should I understand be hyping this, right? I understand where you're going, but I just think that there's so much more substantive stuff in terms of the administration doing something about football that like she's what she the does or doesn't like. No, this dude, is simple she has like fourteen thousand people. Simple on, stuff. No, I'm not right? disagreeing with you tweet that it's simple. about I'm, the I'm, damn I'm, game. Have one of your six people in your office tweet about the game. You didn't. I would much rather them hire competent coaches so than worry about that, the tweets. But if you if that like come on, dude, like. Well, that's part of my point about the the tickets, though. If you're the athletic director and you're not getting people psyched about the game, do y'all remember Carla tweeting anything about the game that wasn't a retweet? Like, it takes two seconds to say, hey, get out here. I I guess I don't pay attention to Carla's Twitter as much as you do. That's the thing, though, is there's nobody to market to if you don't sell tickets. If you don't put the tickets on sale to people, who are you marketing to? That's a really good point. Yeah, Dave, like if she tweets about it, who's coming to buy the tickets that she won't sell them? They see, literally. Y'all, y'all are letting the Virginia fans who said that's why they didn't. Why they didn't? No, come no, 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 no. See, I'm no, not no, I'm not letting those I saw the people. Same people I, saying see, on look, Twitter today. No, no, like, I'm not the reason I don't donate is because my donation doesn't matter. Yeah, like don't the small me, donations. Don't yeah, give me that BS. Tell, tell that to political fundraiser. I would really right? tell it to political. No, my point is not so much that the that the a lot of hockey fans bought the tickets. My 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 point is not that the that the excuse should should fly. My point is that the excuse shouldn't matter. Like. My point is not on my my focus is not on whether the fans who you know quote unquote would or wouldn't you don't you know whatever it's more about what the administration is doing. You can't tell me they're trying everything because they're not. Yeah, they literally knew that all those tickets were unsold and sat on their hands and, and sat not. on their hands anyway, and they didn't care. And they don't. And like they could have ate like, it two weeks before and said, you know what, guys, like we tried this. We we're trying to keep the tech fans out. Obviously, you wouldn't say this, but you could say like. We're gonna put these on sale. They're gonna cost thirty bucks. I want everybody there. Come on out. But and no Virginia get... fans are gonna come. But you can try. But, but, you can, but what, Dave but wants her to tweet. You, I don't understand. No, 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 okay. no. I'm just saying, like, look, that's an issue. But that's just the symptom of the whole lack of passion for the. And program. that's probably where they're coming from. Is like they're like, there's no point in putting. There's them no on point. Sale right. Nobody's gonna buy them. Because they're right. And, We've talked about like if you made it if you made it a free game, would Virginia sell out? No. Well, I mean, well, I mean like if you made them zero dollars, people would probably show. No, up. they wouldn't. Not unless it was a three thirty kickoff on a day no other game was going on. Yeah. Well, I don't and think Virginia fans. Parking. I don't think Virginia fans are really watching a lot of college football in general, Dave. Like, I don't think that's no. They're not going to come the... to a noon game. <laughs> like we've already seen that. No, no, I'm no, no. You're <laughs> like unless there was another game going on, and I don't think that the that the college football slate is why is why Virginia fans or fans of you know who could see Virginia football don't come to Virginia football games. Like yeah. I think the reality is, is that because Look, I'm those not people saying, drive in from other places. I mean, realistically, like we're going to be really, we're going to be real about this. Tech puts out a crap ton of graduates every year. Those graduates have kids and have friends who they all take to games, and it's just a thing, right? Virginia does not have that. They don't, a lot of Virginia fans don't live in Charlottesville. They live in other places, and it's frankly, it's cost prohibitive for them. the The stadium experience is crap. If any of them have kids, it's a it's exponentially crap. It's it's not it's Our not an easy sell, yeah. right? It's just not right. You go to tech. There's people everywhere, and a lot of it is because tech puts out more people, right? Virginia has to understand on some level who they are and who they are not, and they have to be able to, to if they want to grow the thing, 
they have to do some things differently. And I'm not saying necessarily that Virginia fans would have bought those cheap tickets. A lot of them would have been bought by Tech fans. I totally get you there. That's an excuse that a lot of people who otherwise would not have gone to the game anyway will probably latch on to. My only point in it is that the administration has to try something different. They can't continue to do the same thing over and over again and think that it's incredible. right? It is lunacy. And that's that's the definition. Over and over again, doing the same thing and expecting different results, right? This They're just going to keep doing again. it. It's the first time they've done it for the Tech game. And I'll tell you the reason they did it is because every one of us season ticket holders said, do it this way because we're tired of putting up with it. Um, guess what? It didn't matter. Tech fans still played 100 bucks or got tickets from someone else. So m- mission failed, whatever. But that's not the issue. I don't Virginia mean that that's the thing that they're more not people doing. There. I if mean Virginia the thing they're not doing seven, is putting you know, the... Actual if, if Virginia in. was eight and three coming to that game, do you think you'd hear Virginia fans complaining the ticket cost a hundred bucks? No, they wouldn't have been. They they complained because they were three and eight. And it was a reasonable excuse for them not to come to the game that they didn't really want to come to anyway because they didn't think we went. But why is the ticket a hundred dollars? Because they want to try to make as much money as they can. <laughs> I don't. Know. I mean, I don't. I don't think that that's any. I mean, I don't think you that's can sell a, thirty thousand tickets at a hundred or. You know, and they, and they sold tickets, so it worked fine. Again, I think that the that the stadium probably the highest revenue and what you're giving season. people for what they get, right? We all know that the football product is not necessarily something you can bank on, right? Like year in and year out, you don't know what your football team is going to look like, and it can turn on a dime, all right? But what you can control, the thing that the administration can control is what happens once they get there. What's it look like? What's it feel like? What are their options? What can they, you know, whatever. You're, the administration is complete control of that. You can't control the way the ball bounces. You can't control injuries. You can't control whether players do or don't get in the portal or how much money they take in NIL, um, which we can have a different conversation for another day on how, you know, the what what the NIL situation is. But the bottom line is the same. Is it like, again, my point here is that the administration can do more, is not doing more, and therefore needs to do more in order to enhance the experience and make it so that, like, listen, if the administration goes out there and does a whole lot of the actual real heavy lifting and the and people still don't come, well, then guess what? We get it. But you can't tell me they're doing their best to bring in the best environment they can to have the most fans they can who care no. about the game. They're not. They're just no, no, frankly they're not. not. And and that, but that I think part it's a of symptom it, of a bigger, a bigger problem. No, and oh, I agree yeah. with I mean, the that. demand yeah. for tickets is the reason that they're not you know, like what they are, where they are attendance wise, a hundred percent. That is definitely the truth. I just think yeah. like they need to maybe try a different approach because what they're doing is they're just bleeding fans like every year. I, next year, the attendance is going to be Dismal. unless, unless they do something different and, and it works, which I think is, you know, hard. Um, I don't think there's like a magic, you know, a silver bullet. Um, Look at the schedule. I mean, the attendance is going to be low. Like yeah, they're going to rough. And it's like I don't know how you fix that without more, you know, systemic changes. But you know, you're going to have to try to figure something out, or you know, admit what you are and just be okay with however many people you get, and you know, hope for the best. Like, um, we'll see. I don't. I, like I said, I don't think I have all the answers. It's just I feel like they're kind of just like okay with this and that's not just yeah. attendance that's think, just the I think football that's a program yeah i don't know that any of us have all the answers but i haven't heard anyone admit there's a freaking problem yeah yeah that's, that's, a good, that's a really good point dave that's a good point and to your to to also to your point about the the passion and the sort of buy-in i do think that there's a I, this is the only example i can think of this in the moment so i apologize but like yard signs don't win you a political campaign right but 
if you don't see a bunch of yard signs, you know that there's as a real enthusiasm situation for that, whatever that candidate is. And they don't seem bona fide, right? Yard signs are like the price of admission, right? They are table stakes. And I feel like, you know, whether it's Jim Ryan tweeting or Carla tweeting or whatever, those things feel like table stakes, right? You're not even doing like the bare minimum of what it looks like when it, when an administration is, when a school is invested in the program, right? Now I understand that there's a huge building that's about to, you know, come yeah, online. And great. I, and I understand that that's a, that is, that, that does matter. And I don't want us to gloss over that because I don't think that's fair, but there's a huge building that's about to come online and there's like no fan engagement there's no excitement it's just yeah. apathy yeah, the everywhere. live stream we, we would totally hate that wouldn't we you mean, I mean of the construction yeah he meant of the con- yeah yeah, yeah the, i mean it would be, it'd be terrible right yeah. but i mean that's well, I mean, kind hopefully of, they'll that's ex- hopefully they'll do some sort of like launch when they open it um i mean one but, would hope but but yeah, yeah i mean i just feel like they you know that they're expecting to just kind of um coast along and i i know people are working hard to get money raised and things like that so it's not like people are putting no effort in i just think like you know for a program like uva you have to like think different you know you're not you're not uh, a blue chip you know you're not going to be able to like out resource people and you're not going to have passion just automatically generated for you we know that over time um you know you have to go out and make it happen and you know and, and again we, we talked about tony's job security like uh, you know I, I i'll admit i was wrong like i didn't really I, I you know we talked about like getting passion from the fan base last time around and and i was like if you win games they'll come and now i don't really know that that's true anymore like i do think I, it'll, it'll happen but it's more sustained you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i think you, it's not just one season it, it's got to happen over multiple yeah. seasons but now i'm thinking maybe there is more something to you could kind of go like i kind of see it one or two ways and maybe tony will turn it around and this will be moot but you can go the we're gonna get the x's and o's football coach and just try to like kansas our way back to relevance you know and just be like we're gonna have a guy that just is better than everybody else at his job and like honestly that's what tony bennett is i think because he doesn't it's not like he's out there in the streets like drumming up interest, um, but he's just better at his job. Um, and then maybe the fans will come around or you go the other way and you try to get the guy that's like going to get people fired up and then, you know, you know, hope that that kind of turns things for you. And I think that, you know, tech didn't have like a big attendance problem, but there were a lot of empty seats in the Fuente era and that has dissipated yeah. um, because they went that route. They went with the get people in, on board route. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things they might, I think your points are, um, are well taken for, because I think you're right. I think they're if, in order for it to, for sustained success, they're going to have to sustain the success. Right. And they're not going to be able to rely on, um, other outside forces for that. Um, I, I think there used to be a time when the team could win a couple games during the year and you could expect that that would have an impact on, um, on, on attendance. Right. I think those days, at least for now, are over. And the only way to bring them back is sustained success, you know, a couple seasons worth. But uh, let's let's get out of here on this. I I, I don't want to open up a can, of, a can of worms at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to try to figure out how to say this uh, sort of delicately. Um, but in a way, the more I think about this entire situation, the more I think that if you look down the road, you not only need somebody who wins, but you need somebody who connects with whatever that fan base wants. And I think the apathy 
that we've seen from the fan base over the last, what, uh, 24 months in some ways, right? There were a lot of folks who were happy with Bronco, um, who were miffed when he left. And I, real quick, shout out to Bronco being an absolute quitter and just like completely just <laughs> like just piecing out on the whole thing. Like the dude who talked constantly about hard things together. I just I, I just don't think we talk about enough just how much of a of a just weird how weird that all is. Anyway, um, but like one of the things that I, I think has been kind of evident about this is that like there were a lot of folks who were just not happy with the way that the hire went. Um, whether that was based on reality, whether it was based on um, uh, delusions of grandeur, uh, whether it was based on just delusions in general, I'm not sure. But if, if this doesn't work and we we're and we're in, and we're having a podcast in a year from now with a very different conversation, if the steps are, in ahead of them, they do have an opportunity to sort of restart. And I, and I don't know necessarily that the, that the, that what tech did was the wrong way. Um, like for whatever, what you can, you can feel about that coaching staff, however you want to feel about that coaching staff for whatever reason, there are a lot of tech fans who really love the fact that that dude, whether you think it's real or imagined that that dude's all about tech. Right. Um, you might you might point to his weird fake southern accent kind of feel, right? Because I think a lot of people listen to him and they're like, well, you know, didn't he like spend a whole lot of time in Pennsylvania? Um, and you know what? But at the end of the day, tech fans are at the games, right? And at the end of the day, like they're very excited. Uh, well, in some ways, I understand that not everybody is, you know, super convinced that that's going to work. But you know what it is? It's, it's working for right now because they're going to a bowl game. Um, and they're they're uh, bringing fans to to Lane, um, and I'm not saying it has to be Dex. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be cryptic here. I'm just saying that, like some connection to some part of the operation probably wouldn't be a bad thing, because it kind of goes to Dave's point about passion, right? Clint Centum, you can you just can watch that dude, and you know he cares, right? People who are associated with the program in the past, you know, they care if you want to look at like the lack of alums, like they dude, that's the thing that's crazy about this game. They had Thomas Jones and Rondé Barber t-shirt giveaway, which, you know, maybe we should give this, the administration a, a little bit of love for that. Yeah, Cause that's actually a really good idea. Um, so, all right. Our bad on that. Um, but like people still didn't come like they had Chris Long on the field. Right. Like you might, other than like, I don't know, bringing Ralph Sampson uh, and, you know, George Welsh back from the dead. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, it was like the, it was like the UVA let's play the hits. Of course, then they did the four fingers in the air and, you know, did the lights while they were down by 70. But anyway, my larger point here is that like connecting to some part of the program that all these fans remember, loved, still love, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? It's great to have somebody who has a vision for what they want to put together. And if, and if Tony Elliott can kind of put this thing together, I think he has, I genuinely think that because of uh, things he's been through, because his experiences, because of his experiences in Charlottesville, like I do think that if they're able to win, he has a chance to have something that really lasts for a long time. Unfortunately, the way that this thing has gone and certainly the apathy in the program, it just sets up a scenario where they don't have, there's just not a lot of time to wait for that thing to happen. You're going to have to see real genuine results next year, 
And I'm not saying they got to like win a championship or whatever. But man, if you don't get to the end of next season knowing that you're in a good place, if there's any doubt that you're in a good place, you got to cut the cord. And I don't think that that's wrong to say. I think that that's just a reality of college sports right now, especially because who knows what conference we might be in by this time next year, right? Like who knows what that what that landscape looks like? You don't have time to wait this thing out and see, well, you know, maybe it's like, you know, kind of like a dogwood tree. It takes several years for it to prop up. We don't have that. We don't have that. Like, that's just not the way this is going to need to play out. I don't, I don't, I just don't see it happening. Uh, Dave, give me some final thoughts before we wrap up. Yeah. I mean, trying to figure out how to sum this up. I mean, I think Virginia's got a, a multifaceted problem, right? And it's not just this season and the three and nine, um, it's not just the attendance Saturday because, you know, honestly, 2021, they only had 46,000 people at this game. Um, it's a bigger problem than, than than just one game, right? It's I stand by my point. I mean, I think there is a lack of enthusiasm and a lack of focus on football from the athletics department. Like, the president's not involved enough. Like, you know it's the, the cash cow. It, it needs to be a priority. I can't remember if I texted in the group that or the Furbit earlier today, but like what's te- what's tech's motto, like recruiting motto? Do y'all know it? Our state. This, this is home, right? This is home. This is what's, home. What's Virginia's? No one freaking knows. That's that's the point. Like simple We're stuff like giving. that. Like it doesn't matter, but like <laughs> can we breathe that back? Little simple <laughs> stuff like that. Like who's on the loo, right? That's that's the last one I remember. <laughs> yeah, I think after that they were like, maybe we just yeah. go without a slogan for a while. But you know, it's it's just little stuff like that. Like and then there's this weird thing, like that you come off the game and then all the talk on Twitter is about NIL, NIL. And I get it, that's important. But like there seems to be a disconnect. There's a disconnect between the athletic administration, the football coaches. And the fans, there seems to be a disconnect between the VAF and the average fan. Like the average fan thinks small donations don't matter. Um, and then you got the NIL over there, which clearly legally could work with the VAF to to allow you to get priority points or whatever. But here we are, like I'm not I'm not I'm not saying there's not Virginia people more qualified than us to talk to, but you got three dudes on this podcast who probably hasn't missed a game by choice in a decade. I think that's safe to say, right? Um, yeah. And we know fans who've done it too. You're welcome to reach out to us. I mean, I, I know we don't have the ideas, but we'd love to sit in a room and and bounce bounce them off of you instead of bouncing them in our text thread. Fix it. Like, I know it's not an <laughs> overnight issue. I know it's not an overnight issue. I don't know if Elliot's the right guy. My hunch is he's not. But if he wants to get me on his side... Twitter's there, Instagram's there. Just be a little more, please, please, just a little uh, more. Whoever present. runs, whoever runs like Tony's Twitter, just there's only a four month freaking season, right? Like the season's only four months. You can't disappear for the next eight months and me wait for recruits to tell me they got an offer or they committed. You can't. Yeah, I, you know Not what? I, to to your point, I mean, we're laughing, but that's actually because, like, wouldn't it be nice if, like, in the middle of the night tonight, Tony tweeted and was like, you know what? I've been up thinking about this. You know, yeah, and I really would love, and I and I want to do everything we can do to turn like this Saturday around. hurt me. 
Like, yeah, it exactly. hurt me because I saw I, it. I heard. I think that's the thing. It, it like, it's like a passion thing. Like you said, like, I think we all agree about that. that it, there's a passion piece of this that just seems off. Like, I understand he cares. Like, I'm not dumb. I get that he cares. I yeah, get I mean, that I he think, wants to win, you know? I think after the game, he looked like a guy that was, like, really hoping it was going to go well, and it just didn't. And, you know, like, I think – and, I, you know, I, to, into my final thoughts, I guess, like mm-hmm. – it's been a hard year and it's been a really weird season. So like, I don't want to like, you know, and none of us are discounting that. Like this is a season unlike any other that I've seen. Just, just the football part of it really. I mean, like so many weird, like one score games and like over performances and under performances. And, you know, I think if you look in the future, maybe, you know, if like Calandria hits, maybe that kind of saves this fan base, you know, or not the fan base, the coaching staff. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens, but, you know, they're going to have to hit the portal and everything. But, yeah, I'm just kind of done with the excuses, honestly. It's like, you know, if, if you want to be, you know, if you want to be great at everything, then try to be great at this. And, I yeah, you have disadvantages, but you're not the only school that cares about school. You're not <laughs> right. the only school yeah, that doesn't have as much money as everybody else. Other schools make it happen. You know, you have to, like I said, you have to go out and make your own advantages by being smart. And the things that people at UVA value, um, having character, like use those things to your advantage and go out and figure out a way to get it done because people at Army and Kansas and other places are doing it. Um, Air Force. I mean, I could name JMU, um, you know, like UVA. Cal make a bowl. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't tell me. That's the one thing I'm getting tired of hearing. It's about the academic standards. UVA is not the only school that has academic standards. There's a baseline NCAA rule that you have to meet. Obviously, UVA is probably over that, you know, and then they need to figure out what they're doing with transfers because that's kind of making things a little bit more difficult. But let's not act like you're the only school that reads books. Like, you know, like you, the other, (laughs) those players are out there. You can go get them or not. Like, you know, you can get transfers or not. Um, you know, you don't have, and, and NIL is a huge thing, but not every school is swimming in NIL money. JMU went 11 and one and came into Charlottesville and won this year. Did they have a bunch of NIL money? I don't think so. I mean, they probably are doing okay, but like, you know, they're JMU. Like they're still on the rise. They were in FCS two years ago. Um, like, you know, let's, let's not, I'm just tired of the complaining and the excuses. Like, Yes, those things are disadvantages, but they can all be worked around. Like you can win anyway. Um, and you can do so in a way that you don't betray the ethics of the school. Um, but you got to put the people in the positions to do that and then give them what they need to do it. Um, whatever you can give them. And and I think that's kind of where we are is like, you know, uh, we'll see if the staff can kind of overcome some of UVA's disadvantages. Um and win some games next year because it's kind of a schedule that's interesting. It's not super easy, but it's not the hardest I've ever seen, maybe. Um, and, and we're going to find out if these guys are, are about it or not, you know, because so far we haven't seen it. Obviously, they've dealt with a lot of other stuff off the field, but, you know, show me. Go out, win games, because, like, that's how you're going to turn this thing around. You have to it's, – it's time to win. And if it's not time for these guys to win – it's time for somebody else to win. That is a very good place to put a pin in it. Good job, Ferber. Way to land that plane. You did a really nice job. Um, I'm guessing you guys don't have anything else. No, nothing else in the notebook to to let out on the show. Guessing not. Good. All right. 
If you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your shows. If you're so inclined to give us a rating or review, we'd appreciate it. If you're somebody who's not given us a look at the website yet, check us out at CavsCorner.com. Let me just tell you what. There are lots of people, however you're feeling, <laughs> there are lots of people feeling just like that. Um, so pop in there and, uh, you know, be amongst friends. Um I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for being graciously there. Time is always this season. Very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Hey.